This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Good morning. How are you? Hey, praise the Lord. It's Friday. I'm doing all right. And it's good to be with you today. Everybody, welcome. We're excited to be here with Dr. Jonathan Hansen for another edition of the Warning Program. They're coming to you live from World Ministries International Headquarters in Stanwood, Washington. And today is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. Dr. Hansen, you want to open us in prayer? Father God, thank you, Lord, for another time uh, to be able to get the gospel out. We don't take this for granted. We know how the world can change instantly in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, just like uh, October 7, 2023, war in Israel, out of nowhere. That's how fast things can change. Things could change where the grid is down. So we take nothing for granted. We thank you for every opportunity to be your spokesman, to represent you. Now, bless this program. I pray let people tune in uh, if they're just not there yet, but let them all of a sudden remember that this program's on the air and tune in. Now, bless it today. Now, open people's eyes and ears. Let them continually be understanding of the times we live in so they can prepare for what lies ahead in Jesus name Amen Okay, today we have a great program I'm interviewing Roy Kindle missionary out of Jerusalem Israel and uh, then I'm going to be speaking on it's time to fully trust the Lord because I believe that in these days we need to do that if we don't understand how to trust God we are in for deep waters. We're in for a lot of problems emotionally. Uh, we're in for 
Some people will have psychiatric breakdowns. Some people could even commit suicide. It's time to fully trust God. Only that way you can have peace and only that way you can see miracles and live a life of miracles. I tell you, I could tell you so many miracles by fully trusting God when there was no way to have food. And yet, food was there. Miracles. Just like the miracles of manna in the wilderness. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can see what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. We've got to have another great awakening. They're trying to topple the republic and remove sovereignties in all nations, moving us into a new world order. Only the church can stop this insanity if the church will rise up and be what's supposed to be, salt and light, moving with the power of the Holy Spirit. Special guest today, he lives in Jerusalem, is Roy Kindle. Roy, welcome back to the Warning Program. Good to be with you today, as always. <laughs> yes, and uh, now you live in Jerusalem. How, how many years have you been there? 33. I tell people I've lived there as long as Jesus did. Wow. Hey, that's a good analogy. You sure have. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, I see you just about every year in Israel as I fly yeah. in for the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Yes. And so I've stayed with uh, Roy many, many times, and it's always a pleasure, and he has a lot of contacts in that nation, both in the church as well as Jewish Hebrew community, government, etc. Now, Roy just left. It was planned. He's not there right now, although he's going back, but he was certainly there during uh, most of when it initiated this war, October 7, out of nowhere started. He's been there until just recently. And so, Roy, again, in your perspective, I know October 7, they invaded Hamas, and you and I have both been all through that area, and we've been to that very kibbutz that they massacred, that very kibbutz. That's right. And so, I mean, Shai Hermish, the World Jewish Congress leader, a personal friend, and and we've been in his home. I've interviewed him on television. He took me all the way through that kibbutz, showing me everything. We Mm -hmm. recorded it on television, took me in his bomb shelter, told me what would happen when the sirens go off. But now, Mm -hmm. uh, this wasn't just the sirens going off. This was an invasion. Exactly. And so, Mm -hmm. again, uh, when it initiated. I I want a testimony of of what you're thinking, what you know. And by the way, I still haven't been able to reach Shai Hermish. Do you know if he's alive? I believe he's still alive. Uh, Maybe you didn't get my message, but his son was one of the people that are kidnapped right now. Oh, my. They're holding his son. Oh, my. uh, You know, he was also the, I don't know if he currently is, but he's been the mayor of that Kfar Aza community, and also uh, for many years was a Knesset member. So he's um, he's quite a, a well-known figure there, and they have his son right now. Well, I'm glad you told me that. We'll certainly put it on our international prayer list. And uh, again, yeah. Shai Hermish, uh, I really, really like the man and uh, mm-hmm. been to his kibbutz different times, several times. In his home. Yeah, right in his home. He was very, very kind and uh, just treated us like royalty, and but very down to earth. And so I was highly impressed with the character of this man, Roy. Yes, me too. And now, again, war broke out and uh, 
Tell me what happened. What did you think when you heard it October 7th? Yes, we were awakened at 6.30 a.m. with the civil defense alarm going off and uh, reminiscent of the uh, Gulf War days. And uh, everybody knows what to do as soon as you hear that. Then you go for your bomb shelter. In our case, as you know, because you've stayed with us so many times, we have a big house. We had uh, 10 guests with us at the time. So there were 12 of us in the house. Wow. But the good thing is they're all spirit-filled believers that uh, nobody panicked and was afraid so it was really time to go to our our big bomb shelter and uh, have a prayer meeting and have a you know, time of prayer and worship right there. But very alarming to do that and uh, to wait to see what was going to happen because, of course, at that point, you just don't know how severe it is or where it's at or what's happening. Uh, normally, if there's uh, something happening in uh, down south, they won't send all of the civil defense alarms around the country off. So when you hear a civil defense alarm with your own ears, rather than just the phone app kind of telling you there's some kind of an attack, you know there's a definite something coming your way. Yes. So that's why we had to get ready. We had to go down there. You have, at best, 90-second warning. They know 90 seconds once that thing's gone up that you have 90 seconds to get to safety, not knowing where it's going to go. Thankfully, uh, about 97% I've heard of the uh, missiles are intercepted by the Iron Dome, you know, system that Israel has, which is amazing. Some, just an interesting point, uh, the Iron Dome in Hebrew is called the Iron Kippah. The Kippah is the skull cap, you know, the yarmulke. It's also called the Kippah. In Hebrew, it's the Iron Kippah, just so that everybody is reminded of Psalm 121, he who watches or guards over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. It's reminding them they are under God's covering. Beautiful. And uh, so that's, it's called the Iron Keeper in Hebrew. So <laughs> that's what happened in that initial thing. And then, of course, time after time after time, the, the sirens going off. And then it didn't take long before the media started reporting that there was a terrible breach of Israeli security caught off guard on such a holiday on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, when they caught them uh, during Golda Meir's time, you know, another holiday of Yom Kippur where everyone was fasting. But uh, this time it wasn't Yom Kippur because the Hebrew calendar doesn't land every holiday exactly the same each year. But this time it fell on, as you know, Simchat Torah, which was the holiday right after the Feast of Tabernacles, the very the eighth day is the holiday called Simchat Torah, where they start reading the Torah fresh for that year again. So that's another thing, just like the Iron Dome is the Iron Keeper. This war now is called the Iron Swords. And the Bible, the Torah, Simchat Torah, beginning reading of the Torah, is the sword. It is the sword is the Bible we call it our sword. And so there's a, it's no accident that they're calling this war the uh, Swords of Iron or the Iron Swords, a reference to what they tried to do to us in our Simchat Torah our celebration of the Torah, of God's Word, and so uh, we have God with us as we respond. Wonderful, wonderful. That's a good explanation for people that aren't aware of that. Uh, Praise the Lord. Now, um, I initially know that over Israelis, Hebrews, over 1,400 people were killed, (laughs) over uh, 200 hostages Mm -hmm. at the time. The latest I have, you can maybe improve on that as far as more current, but uh, over 40 babies beheaded. And so uh, women raped, uh, 
I mean, they said that that kibbutz where you and I and, and my wife visited, and we've been there several times, it was massacred. And I know we have a lady in our congregation here at World Ministries International, Sharon Dodge. I don't know if you remember her, but mm-hmm. uh, elderly. Her husband, Dan, recently went on to be with the Lord. But he, you know, I did an interview with him because he had a marvelous vision of heaven and what the Lord said in heaven. And and he was excited. He didn't want to come back to earth when it was his time. He said, no, 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 I want to stay. And and boom. But everybody that goes there says. (laughs) Boom. He was instantly back in the body. But when the memorial was there, they actually played that for the family because how beautiful. Uh, he had a forewarning. He did not want to come back at that time. And he came back. The Lord said, tell what you saw in heaven. I know we're a little off track, but I think it's good to know these realities in the in the Absolutely. days we live in. You know, he saw a lady in her prime, and she had a family on earth, but uh, she was in her prime, beautiful and running and dancing. And he complained to the Lord, why would you bring uh, such a lady to heaven? She has a family on earth, and why? Why, why would you leave them? And the Lord said, she's a hundred years old. And, oh, uh, you know, the point, the point is, and I've always thought this, I've actually yeah. taught it not as not as a fact. I can't find it that way as a fact, but I've always right. believed it. But I believe, and I still do, and with that testimony, we are in our prime in heaven. We're in I our prime. So. I don't think we're old and frail. And we'll know as we are known. Yes. And I think the, the implication, even in the original Hebrew, is that as you're known at your best. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so why would God bring us in heaven all <laughs> crippled and disabled? No way. And so, I mean, mm. this is exciting. Yeah. She was in her prime. He did not want to come back to earth. And so... It was so encouraging at the memorial. They're watching her husband, their father, their grandfather, and how happy he was and how he did not want to come back at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. now, I mean, it was just so appropriate at the time. Everybody was encouraged. That was the last thing they saw when we closed the memorial. You know, if I could just add to, I mean, uh, in light of what you're saying, there's been a number of people have said to me, you know, well, you keep singing and saying, according to the scripture, Psalm 121, he who watches Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And to the uneducated or unbeliever, it could look like God fell asleep for this to happen. How could he allow this to happen? And exactly in line with what you're saying to the world, death is the end. Death, it's not it's not the end. We don't like tragedies like this, but God never said that trusting him means that nothing bad will happen to you. There will be trials. Um, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers us. Uh, still, bad things happen to good people. There are in wars, there are tragedies, there are losses, there are atrocities. But in the end, still, the one who watches Israel, I tell people, and then you watch and you keep listening, there will be story after story after story, God's stories of deliverance, people that um, already they're saying miraculous things that happened, but also the way Israel will. Uh, Okay, they learned that on their own strength, they were caught off guard, and this thing happened. So it's not by might, it's not by power, but now they're going to see what the Spirit of God will do as he comes in to honor his word that um, when he brought his people back, they're never going to be uprooted out of their land again. We'll see they will win, but they will win at the hand of God. Uh, The swords of iron is not going to be the iron fist of strength, though. It's going to be the power of God's word 
because of his spoken word of promises. So, yes, yeah, so, but, but and we can be comforted by knowing that the tragic losses that, uh, Eternity in heaven is going to erase those sad memories. Well, you're, you're so you're so correct, Roy. And I always tell people, you know, this side of heaven, uh, the Bible says Satan is the prince of this world. So don't blame evil things on God. Uh, it's right. Satan. And if the church allows it to happen because we don't rule and reign, take dominion, then it's our fault. And we're right. losing America because the church is dysfunctional. But this is not God's fault. He is there. He's ready to return. He's ready to rule and reign. And he's going to remove yes. eventually right unrighteous leaders. He's going to take over, and then there will be peace on earth. But uh, they can be encouraged that God wins, we win in the end. Right, and these unrighteous leaders have only uh, exposed their true nature. They've shown oh, the world. Totally, you know, totally. Uh, how evil they are. I mean, they just make ISIS look mild compared to the atrocities that they've done. So uh, another thing that, that I think helps people – because I talked to a number of people that say, well, what about the, there are Palestinians that are hurting and, and, and caught in the crossfire and all this other stuff. Um, and they think that you should sit down and negotiate with Hamas, but Hamas, their whole purpose is not the plight of the Palestinian people. They're not, they're, that's their front and that's their, how they get the world to, to, uh, to, uh, comply with them uh, but that's not it that's just their their fake front their goal is to wipe israel off the map as you know to kill as many to kill all the jews to get israel completely out of the middle east because uh, like our mutual friend Jan Willem van der Hoven, old Dutch preacher, says uh, <laughs> Israel's existence is a stick in the eye of Allah. He says, and they can't stand that it's a Jewish nation is right in the middle of all of this these Muslim nations. But anyway, so that's their goal. Uh, they're not doing this to try to make life better for the the Palestinians under Israeli occupation. They have more freedoms, more liberties than they do in any other nation around there. But um, so what I like to say is um, for people that think they should sit down and negotiate with Hamas, they've done it over and over and over. What's the definition of insanity, right? When you keep thinking you're going to get a different result. They played cast and mouse too long. Uh, they, they overplayed their hand with this terrible atrocity. So imagine if people need... A good example to help them put it into perspective, what if the world said uh, that the U.N., that the United States and everybody, the allied forces, should sit down and negotiate with Hitler? You know, and maybe he'll stop killing so many people and murdering so many people and slaughtering, and maybe he'll slow down if we just negotiate with him. So they weren't against Germany. They were against the, the evil dictator Hitler. And his Nazi program. So the uh, the world needs to see this is not a battle with the Palestinians. It's a battle with this uh, Nazi type leadership called Hamas. Yeah, their charter, their charter is to to wipe the Hebrews, the Jews, off the face of the earth, to let all of the land be given back to the Muslims. And after they they destroy the nation of Israel, they destroy America. And so that's, that's right. They don't, people that, don't know that you know that, that's right in their charter. We're next, we're next on their list. Yes, that's yeah. right in their charter. Yeah. So they, you know, there, there's no intention for them to uh, 
have a two-state solution. Israel has offered it five times. They don't right. want a two-state solution. They want all of the land. Exactly. And it's not and the normal. And being backed by Iran, they, they know that they, as a, a smaller organization like them, even if they combine with Hezbollah up in the north or the, uh, the PIJ, all these other organizations, even the Palestinian Authority, uh, they all know they're too small on their own, but they also all know they're backed by Iran, who is working for nuclear capacity. And uh, then, especially with Iran backing, they, they would be able to strike at America and potentially wipe us off as well. So Israel is just taking it on the chin for everybody else. Yeah. And the normal, the normal, if we want to use the word Palestinian, which again, uh, you know, they've made that term up because they're they're Arabs from Jordan and Egypt. And uh, Palestinian used to mean the Jews in Israel. That's exactly right. Now, I was going to get into that. I mean, I've done quite a few programs since since this happened. And uh, that's exactly what it means. And and, and Mm -hmm. the Hebrews go back 3,500 years, long before Islam was ever even initiated. Uh, Up until uh, not too many decades ago, the Jerusalem Post was actually called the Palestine Post because it meant it meant the Jewish people, everybody that lived there. That's exactly right, Roy. A lot of people don't understand that. Now, ladies Arafat, and gentlemen, uh, took, the, took the word and polished it up and, and created this whole fictitious idea of a Palestinian state, meaning Arabs and Muslims. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right, because there is no justification. Uh, Jerusalem's not even mentioned in the entire Quran. So right. this they're just making this up to give them some excuse to, again, attack God through the Jews and then the Americans. It's a religious battle. It's not a political battle. It's, it's a religious battle whose God is going to be worshipped, and we already know how that's going to turn out. That's exactly right. We can break it down that very simple. It's a fight for the real God. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in to the warning program, my special guest is Roy Kindle out of uh, Jerusalem. And uh, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. My website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Now, Roy, how long again have you lived in Jerusalem? 33 years. Okay. And so give your reason why you're there. I know that you were uh, a youth pastor once and a music pastor in Florida. Uh, Give us a little bit of your background. Right. We were co-pastoring a church in Vero Beach, Florida for 12 years. And uh, we watched it grow from less than 100 people to 1,500 people. And we were doing large-scale productions for six and 8,000 people several times a year. Uh, because of that, we kind of caught the eye of the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, also called ICEJ, uh, who were doing also large uh, production every year during uh, Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. People from over 100 nations would come. Uh, about the same number of people, six to 8,000 people were coming and uh, they asked me in 88 and 1989 if I would come and help them. And then in 1990, they invited uh, me, what I consider moving my whole family, my wife and I and our two children who were ages uh, uh, 11 and 12 at the time. Would we consider moving to Jerusalem and uh, to, to be with them full time throughout the year, other things they were doing? Uh, that happened to be, I don't know, my story takes too long for this program. I'll try to 
put it in a nutshell, uh, happened to be the year that Saddam Hussein was doing what's happening right now and threatening <laughs> to wipe Israel off the map. Okay, so, okay. So we, we've been around this block a few times already. Yes, yes. And um, so it certainly didn't seem like a, a great idea. And especially when I asked him, you know, I said, so but what would the salary be? I'd have, to, I'd have to support my family. And he said, that's the only problem. We can't pay you anything. And I said, that can't be God. That's impossible. Uh-huh. But then that phrase, I realized, what did I just say? God is the God of the impossible. Long story cut, very short. We ended up, uh, God confirmed that's what he wanted us to do. We've been living by faith these whole 33 years. Um, and in, by showing up where God says to show up, was it, uh, I hate to use a worldly analogy, but Woody Allen, I think it said uh, 80 or to 90% of life is just showing up. <laughs> so it works in the kingdom of God, too. We just showed up where God tell, told us to show up, ended up being uh, before the Israeli parliament, the government, the five of the last prime ministers been able to um, minister directly to them personally and in group settings. Government officials, uh, they appreciated uh, my ability to bring um, Jewish people and Christian people together on the same page to worship the God of Israel. And uh, they could trust me in that where uh, we could find a way that we can all worship him together. And um, as a result of that, uh, as you know, Knesset Christian Allies Caucus was formed and uh, Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast and many other things that are actually uh, nations around the world are uh, making Uh, different decisions because of they're becoming informed through these things. And uh, a lot of legislation, including moving the, uh, the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, came out of these endeavors. And so it put us in a place, in addition to mentoring, when we got there, there were 25 congregations in the country. Today, there are over 350. And so we're mentoring uh, leaders in worship and youth and pastors and ministering to them and And the, the home that you've been in, as you know, uh, they come and they pour their hearts out and they can trust us. And government leaders and uh, kingdom leaders together, you know, um, all those things uh, God has had us doing. And so, um, you know, this I will just say this because, again, I, I'm not looking at a clock and you know our time better than I do. But uh, uh, I one other point I want to just insert in here is concerning the government. As you well know, and I'm sure you had many programs on this topic, but uh, the government was completely split to the point of near civil war. I understand. And extreme far leftists and extreme far rightists, you know, the leftists, anything goes, the rightists, they think it needs to be, every, all the laws need to be based on the rabbis and, you know, and babies in between and trying to, you know, work all this out. And um, if this war has done anything, it's brought the people together. As I said, when it comes to defending ourselves, we are one nation. It's brought them together. Even uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu with Benny Gantz, they wouldn't come together before, but now they are working together, which is something I was praying for. And this is happening now. And so it's brought them together and uh, it's brought the nation together. You may have also heard that uh, Israel is the only nation in history that's had more people come into the nation during a time of war than going out. Because the people are coming back together as one. 
Well, that is certainly true. And I know this year, earlier this year, you and I were both in the, the Knesset uh, together for the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. And a uh, tremendous time. I know I stayed there three days uh, meeting with different world leaders. But uh, it's it's very important for, uh, as you mentioned, for leaders, uh, uh, Christian leaders, uh, Jewish leaders, mm-hmm. for us to right. come together. Uh, exactly. That's a critically important thing. United we stand, divided we fall. And mm-hmm. so we must be on the side of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, we must uh, be on the side of the Bible. And uh, right. I know they use the Bible quite a bit in their uh, speeches. And, uh, and so, I mean, this is very important. I might even add to that just quickly that uh, they're using the Bible primarily. I think, well, I can't say primarily, but along, I'm sure the rabbis are, are instructing them as well. But they are getting a lot of their their biblical firepower from Christians. Exactly. Who are telling them. I I know somebody that Bibi Netanyahu calls right before he does a press conference and he gets a scripture and he goes out and tells it to the world. And uh, I like to say that uh, through uh, endeavors like uh, these things that are happening uh, combined with Christians, we're giving them a biblical backbone to stand strong. And they say openly themselves. So we're not taking credit for something they haven't admitted themselves that these Christians are reminding us what our book says and why we can be uh, certain based on the Bible that that we what we're doing is necessary and that we will win. And I've watched them and listened to them and, and being over there and talking to them and, and the discussions. Uh, they use the Bible to justify their existence and, and their, their history and things like this, and mm-hmm. which is so true. I mean, that's what we all believe, and that's what we use together, and that's why we're, we're siding with them. We, we yeah. believe we, you know, what God is saying, and so uh, the Bible is very important for Jew and Christian. Right. And and the enemy is so clever. The Bible, as you know, says uh, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices and his cunning skill. Uh, people think that we as Christians who support Israel, uh, that we use the Bible to justify what they have manufactured uh, terminology, that we justify colonization. You probably heard that to justify um, what else? What's the other word? Colonization. And uh, the force and, you know, abuse of Palestinian people, that Israel is abusive and and uh, that they're all these things, you know, that they're saying that is just not true. Genocide, they call it genocide. They call everything that uh, the Hamas and others are doing. Somehow they flip it around and make it look like that's what Israel is doing. And it's just not true. And we don't think that you should go in and just wipe out people. People like Hamas, you have to wipe out the evil just the same way Hitler had to be stopped. Nazism had to be stopped. But the same spirit behind Nazism is is alive and well in this radical Islamic. That's the other thing. It's not an Arab conflict. It's it's um, an Islam conflict. Yeah, it's like we said at the very beginning, it's right out of hell itself. Whose God is real? If we want to use the word Satanism, but just like cancer, you can't let it just you can't ignore it. It will continue until it kills you. And so, you know, if you let your enemy, I always say, if you're going to if you're going to have to fight, fight today, tomorrow, they get stronger. Uh, Let's get this thing over with because Mm -hmm. they've allowed the cancer to grow far 
too long. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, the people themselves living in there, they want them removed. They're, they're terrified. They're being used as pawns, as human shields. Mm-hmm. They That's want them the gone. Right. And, and, but they're right. afraid they can't do anything because they'll be they, killed they just like Jews or Christians would. Exactly. And so it's time to to just end it. Now uh, mm-hmm. we're coming to an end. Uh, Fifteen seconds, Roy. Closing comments. We know that the Lord wins, and we know that He who watches Israel never slumbers and sleeps. And then Psalm 122 says, "Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Those who do so will prosper, because then we'll be paying attention, and we'll see God do what He promised He will do for Israel." And he says, what I do for Israel, I will do for you. And that's the whole purpose. Worldministries.org, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Go on, join Eagle Saving Nations. Give us your very best love offering to get this on national television. We did not hardly touch nothing. Roy, I want you on again, okay? I would love that. Okay, you'll be on very soon, this very week. God bless you. You know, we are living in very troubling times, ladies and gentlemen. We just talked about that before we came on the air. One of the ladies that just came back from Jerusalem, she was there uh, when the war started and her friend has been killed in Jerusalem. Actually, she went into the war zone trying to help her daughter have a baby and take care of the family right into the kibbutz area where they slaughtered him and she was a victim. See, we don't know what a day might bring. We are living in troubling times. You don't know what's going to happen. America, all through America, I believe there's sleeper cells. Also, if you keep track of world events and eschatology, war could happen anytime, even nuclear war. If you study the book of Revelation, you know the red horse, the white horse, the black horse, the pale horse. Trouble is coming. Even talks about billions of people dying. It's time to fully trust the Lord. And that's my message today. It's time to fully trust the Lord. We need to recall his works of grace in our hour of trial. Now, my notes, obviously, are always from the Bible and also from uh, uh, David Wilkerson's article. But uh, we need to learn to trust the Lord more than mental assent. Everyone says, I trust the Lord, but... The actions don't show it in times of trouble. It shows just the opposite. You're trusting in something else, but it's really not the Lord. From Adam to this present day, God has been searching for a people who will entrust their lives totally to him. He desires a body of faithful believers who will give him their complete trust and confidence and commit themselves wholly to is keeping. The Lord has always had a select few individuals throughout history who were totally committed to him. He's always had it. The Old Testament contains an entire catalog of such individuals. Yet, what God wants is a unified body of people who will trust him entirely. He doesn't want just a few people. He doesn't want a remnant. He wants a body of believers, the bride of Christ. He is still looking for informing that people today. In his people Israel, God had great hopes for having a committed, trusting body as his special people. Set apart 
by grace alone. Deuteronomy 7, 13, 15, and 21 says, He will love you and bless you and multiply you. And the Lord will take away from you all sicknesses. The Lord your God, the great and the awesome God, is among you. Now, these are incredible promises. Enough to take anybody through life. God gave them to Israel because he wanted them to be able to accept his word. Stand on it and lead lives wholly committed to him. They were to live their days without anxiety or fear, leaning on his wonderful promises. That's what he wants. Did you, did you catch it? Without anxiety, without fear. The majority of the people of Israel fail. The majority of people today fail. However, Israel never entered into full trust of God. And that is why they could not enter the promised land. Now, there's a paradox we need to understand. Do we want our own promised land of rest and peace, of trust? Can we learn to wholly trust in God? Or you can memorize the Bible. You can quote the scriptures. You can preach on it, but that doesn't mean you can do it. They did not mix the word they received with faith. They were full of unbelief. They did not apply and appropriate grace and trust with faith. Okay, we have to appropriate grace. You know, grace, we give grace and trust with faith. That's how we have good relationships. God gives us grace, doesn't he? He gives us marvelous grace, but we don't give grace like we should sometimes. But God gives it to us. Now, we want it from others, but can we give it to the unlovely? We're unlovely sometimes before God, but he still gives us grace. Now, these are things we we need to fully understand. That God wants us to live our lives without anxiety or fear, leaning on his promises, so we can have the promised land of peace. We need peace. I mean, I love peace. I I, I don't like fighting. I don't like to be a basket case because I let my emotions run away with me. God wants us to be able to live in our own promised land. If we can incorporate grace and trust with faith, with faith. Faith is actually acting on what grace and trust is. So the byproduct instead of anxiety and fear or hate or unforgiveness is peace and gentleness and kindness and loving. And we can go to sleep at night. Israel never entered into full trust with God. The writer of Hebrews tells us there is a holy rest available to Israel, available to you and I, a holy rest. It's there for them. It's there for you and I today. The Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you. Deuteronomy 7.21. What is this rest that awaits for us? 
to claim. It's childlike trust in the Lord's keeping power. My little boy, Michael Jonathan Jedediah Hansen. I like, see, I like the name. I like to say that name. It's a powerful name. And <laughs> I love my little boy. Michael Jonathan Jedediah Hansen. He has such childlike trust in mommy and daddy. He can go to sleep. And this boy always gives me a big smile and a kiss. And I love you, daddy. It don't matter if I've, you know, it doesn't matter if I corrected him. I love you, daddy. This is what God wants from you and I. Childlike trust. Grace. This boy gives me grace. We're supposed to give grace. If we can live with grace, let me tell you, you have peace. You really have peace if you have grace with other people. There is peace. You have peace. Remove the grace and you have fighting and bickering and and conflict and headaches and everything else. Do we want to enter our own promised land of peace? The rest the Bible talks about is a supreme confidence in God, a trust so sure and complete that it ends all fear and anxiety. Again, my title, it's time to fully trust the Lord. Why? Because we are entering into very dangerous times. Again, Sharon just came back from Israel. She had no idea war would break out. She had no idea. We are in those times that we could literally, before this day is over, have a nuclear attack on America. I'm not just talking. It is real. If you study the pundits, they are talking about it. They're using the word nuclear war. Because our pres- our president is pushing the buttons of Iran, Syria, Russia, China. And they're saying, what's, what's he doing? Is he trying to create a war, a world war? Maybe that's the only way he thinks he can stay in power is martial law, war, and no election. You know, Romans chapter 1 tells you if you don't receive the truth, you fall under deceivableness. If you're under deceivableness, you can do all sorts of crazy things. You can pick a fight where you should not be picking a fight. Because you're deceived. And you're led by evil spirits. And evil spirits want people to destroy each other. This rest, placing one's whole life and future into the caring, loving arms of the Lord, even for those who walk closely with him, have trouble truly trusting him. You can walk close with him, but you might still have trouble trusting in him. What about Jesus' disciples? You may ask, didn't they walk in true faith? Surely they trusted the Lord. They walked with him on earth for three years. Hadn't Jesus picked up a group of followers who would trust him completely? The truth is that our Lord was dumbfounded, absolutely, I believe, flabbergasted, By the disciples' doubts and unbelief. I think of the scene in Matthew where 5,000 men, not including women and children present, gathered to hear Jesus teach and be healed and see him perform miracles. 
Amazingly, on that day, the lame walked, cripples leaped, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the dumb spoke. Matthew 14, 14 says he healed their sick. And the disciples watched it all happen. As the throng grew hungry, the disciples tried to persuade Jesus to send them away. Jesus answered, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Matthew 14, 16. He said this knowing the disciples had a few loaves of bread and fish among them. When he told them to go feed the thousands sitting to them, he was looking for evidence of their faith. They had watched him perform miracles. Now go do it, is what he said. You've watched me. Daily you've watched me. Go do it. That's what he was saying. These disciples had seen Jesus perform miracles of all kinds, not just on that day, but many times before. He had instantly healed a paralyzed man. He had raised a ruler's daughter from the dead. They had seen him cast out devils, heal lepers, calm storms, restore the sight of people blind from birth. They had watched all of this. Jesus was saying in a sense, surely you have seen that I am God. You have seen all of the miracles I've done. You must believe that I can do anything, that miracles are possible, even in the feeding of this multitude. In short, it was time for them to trust the Lord. Are we together? How many times can we quote testimonies of time and time and time and time and time? God has been faithful to you and I. Time and time, if you're a minister of people being healed. Yet, a day comes and you doubt with unbelief and get worried and fearful. Don't act with grace and trust. To have peace in the storm. To have a promised land of peace. And this is what Jesus was saying. What is wrong with you guys? And that's exactly what he was saying. How long do you have to be with me? O ye of little faith. Suddenly, before the disciples' eyes, another miracle happened. As Jesus blessed the meager food, it kept multiplying. The disciples carried the food to the thousands. A task that must have taken all evening. At the end, they brought back 12 baskets full of bread and fish. They couldn't do it because of their lack of faith. They didn't multiply grace and trust together to produce faith or miracles. So he did it again. How many times could we see a miracle, but instead of God using us, he has to use somebody else. Because for whatever reason that day, we're not multiple, you know, we're not putting grace and trust together to have faith. And somebody else has to step in and let God use them. Sometimes Jesus addressed any lack of faith remaining in them. He asked, what do men say that I am? The son of man? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, Matthew 16, 13 through 14. 
Jesus got to the real issue. But who do you say I am? Matthew 16, 15. Thankfully, Peter rose up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Matthew 16, 16. This was the faith response that Jesus was looking for. He was so excited at Peter's faith, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Matthew 16, 17. If Peter would only remember that each and every time. He wouldn't have failed Jesus just a little bit later. He wouldn't have denied Christ, run, hid, hide, lied. He did not put grace and trust together to produce faith. Later at Pentecost, he repented, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he constantly lived a life of grace and trust with faith and even died for the Lord. Doing miracles daily. And that's what we can do. We can, we can live in the promised land. Now let's zero in on you and me, the body of Christ at this time. How many times has the Lord performed amazing work for you and you've responded? I'll never doubt him again. Have you said that in the past? I'll never doubt him again. However, you quickly forget him when your next trial arises. Do we really trust God daily? Have you committed your life and future completely into his hands? Have you entered this rest and with full confidence in his keeping power? God is looking for a people who would trust him completely. That's what he wants you and I. He doesn't want us to go up and down like a roller coaster. He doesn't want us to be like the disciples, filled with anxiety and worry, fear, unbelief. He doesn't want us and the disciples even fought with each other. Even fought with each other. From what I see, there is so much true faith in Jesus, but not much left in the church. In the practical, everyday walk of many Christians in America and many other places, there isn't much faith in operation. The world sees very little evidence that God's children rest in his keeping power. When we become weary or frightened by our trials, we begin to walk in fear and anxiety. Our lives consist mostly of one crisis after another, a seesaw of faith up and down, hot and cold. Oh, we like to think we trust the Lord, but most of us have seasons of unbelief. Times when things happen beyond our comprehension and we feel overwhelmed. Our prayers go unanswered for months and we give our, up our hope that God will ever do anything on our behalf. Is that true? I think that... Speaks for just about everybody. Today, God is still saying, I am looking for a people who will trust me all the time. Who commit keeping their lives into my hands. Now, that's what he's saying. That's what he wants. There's no condemnation here because for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But that's what he wants. And we can't ascertain it. 
It is possible. Or he wouldn't have said it. It's a daily working out our salvation and denying the carnal man and acting in grace and love and unforgiveness. Daily, 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 daily. Sharon, you lived with Dan how many years? 68 years. Now, those watching on television, I have a lady here living with her husband, just went on to be with the Lord. In fact, he saw visions and the Lord spoke to him in heaven and this and that, gave great testimonies, so he wasn't afraid. He was excited. 68 years, though. In 68 years, I guarantee you, Sharon, you gave a lot of grace to each other. Every day. Or they wouldn't make 68 years. If you don't give enough grace, you won't make 68 months. If you don't give enough grace, you might not even make 68 days. Some people, you know, get annulments right away. One or two days, I want an annulment. God is still saying, I am looking for people who will trust me all the time. What happens when you have become entangled again in a sin that once you were delivered from? Haunted by the verse that God says will keep you from falling and present in faultlessness. What happens when you are bruised and bleeding and you struggle to get free from that net that ensnares you? Despairing that you are not faultless before God. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. Only the Lord can tear down the devil's snare and set you free if you'll trust him. It's only the Lord. Let's say your finances are a mess. The bills are piling up and you're constantly losing ground. You can't get your head above water. You see no hope ahead. You wonder how deep will the hole I'm in be a year from now? You have become discouraged, worried with no help in sight. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. God already has a way out for you. His miraculous provision will come. If you don't grow weary in well-doing, it will come. Perhaps there is sickness in your home or trouble in your workplace. You have prayed about it for weeks. You love the Lord dearly and know you are not living in compromise. Yet you don't understand why you have to go through this great testing. Perhaps the great biggest trial of your life. So what time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. He holds your deliverance. You need guidance and direction. There's confusion in your life. And you desperately need a word from God. You want to do his will, not wanting to make a wrong step. You have prayed for hours, days, weeks, months, maybe years, but no word of direction has come. What time is it? It's time to trust the Lord. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 4610. Just think of Job. I talked about him last Weak. I've never met a person that has went through as much calamity as Job did. A man that was did no wrong, but yet God allowed him to be tested. 
constantly, he kept saying, I will trust in God. I will trust in God. I will trust in God. Wow. God is looking for people who will look to him as trustworthy. I believe the Lord is saying to you right now, dear one, you have preached faith, shared your faith since the day you first turned to me. When are you going to trust me completely? When are you going to lay everything in my hands and enter my rest? Why won't you remember the miracles I've done for you? Why won't you lean on my promises? If you only knew what is yours, all the things I have meant for your peace and rest. Why will you not let me be God to you? God cares about you. He cares about me. He's concerned about your specific circumstances. And he is not going to let you down. So repent of all your seasons of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Pray to him now, Father, I need you. I don't want to doubt you every time the winds of adversity blows. I want to be faithful to you. I want to trust you in everything, Lord. Every time I face a trial, help me to say it's time to trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. I believe this without a doubt in my life. It's time to fully trust the Lord. We have never entered into the, the waters, the seas that we're in today. It's never happened. I'm telling you, things could escalate so fast in Israel right now. You could push it into the point where Russia and China get involved. America has already bombed targets in Syria. We are very close to entering in what could be a world war. And if it becomes a world war, you're going to see nuclear weapons. And if you see nuclear weapons, I don't know how many people are going to die. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to say it's time to fully trust the Lord. If you don't fully trust the Lord when, when things really get bad, not just something goes wrong that you don't like. When it really gets bad, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going to happen to your faith. It's time to fully Trust the Lord. For you, for me, for all of us. There's coming a time you can't run to the doctor. It's time to fully trust the Lord. Because when things blow up, there might not be a doctor available around you. When things blow up, the grocery stores are going to be empty. When things go up and you can't buy or sell like the Bible talks about, what are you going to do? Especially if you live to run to the grocery store every other day. 
Jesus told his disciples, oh, you of little faith, how long do I have to be with you? And he did the miracle of feeding the thousands again. He wants us to be able to do miracles. He wants us to enter his rest, into his peace, into his promised land, putting grace and trust together, producing faith, which produces miracles. That's what he wants. Can you say amen? We'll enter the promised land. We'll have peace. We'll have peace. We'll have peace in the middle of the storm. I want peace. I want to live in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, again, World Ministries International. This is Jonathan Hansen. Worldministries.org. Worldministries.org. You can have peace. Give us your very best donation to keep us on your local television or radio station. God bless you. Shannon? Dr. Hanson, another great broadcast today. And that was an encouraging word there at the end. Praise the Lord. Yes, we've got to put our faith and trust in God like never before. And um, I want to encourage people out there. Come on board with us at uh, World Ministries International. WorldMinistries.org. Dr. Hanson, you have PayPal online if people want to give that way? Yes, we do. We have PayPal at our website, WorldMinistries.org, WorldMinistries.org. They can telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. We take all credit cards. Uh, Also, Zelle, the reference is warning at WorldMinistries.org. So they can do it by Zelle. even off our website, again, world warning at worldministries.org. So, Zell warning at worldministries.org. A few days ago, I had a uh, heads up, as many did out there, that Hamas said that, uh, or excuse me, Hezbollah said that uh, the Hezbollah leader was going to be making a statement uh, today at uh, 1500 hours Beirut time. So, when I got up over here, uh, I wanted to see if that announcement's been made, and apparently about two hours ago it was, and this was interesting. Um, was Hezbollah going to be announcing, uh, you know, full-scale war against Israel, or what were they going to say? Nobody knew. So apparently, um, Saeed Hassan Nasrallah, who is the Hezbollah leader, Uh, He did make an announcement. Here's what it says. He praised the deadly Hamas raids of 7 October, but stopped short of suggesting his faction could join the war against Israel in his first speech since the start of the current conflict. Nasrullah described the Hamas operation as, quote, heroic, brave, creative, a great attack that we celebrate, that he said had created an earthquake within the Israeli government. But the Lebanese militant leader denied his group or any other had played a part in the attacks that killed an estimated 1,400 civilians and soldiers. Quote, this operation was made purely in Palestine. The decision and the execution was done 100% in Palestine and it was hidden even from resistant factions in Palestine and other countries of the resistance axis, he said, referring to the Iran-led alliance that includes Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Houthis of Yemen. Uh, 
He also praised the martyrs killed in the war and said Israel's operation in Gaza would fail. Despite all this killing and this destruction, it was unable to touch the resistance, and this is why they started their land invasion, he said. Well, he says a lot of other things, but at the end of the day, um, he's not committed to coming in at this time and backing Hamas. That's what the report says. So I was just curious what this guy was going to say. But we know the truth. Um, Hezbollah is very much involved. And they've been involved in attacks on Israel for many years. Now, you know, Dr. Hansen, I was looking at the map of Israel just yesterday. And I encourage people to do that. Look at this small piece of land that the whole world is trying to take away from Israel. Look at all the large countries that border it on all sides. It's laughable for people to tell me that there's not a solution on where to relocate these uh, Gaza people who are strangers in the land of Israel. You know, Gaza belongs to Israel, according to God, in his word, not back God. To heck with what the United Nations thinks. And, you know, uh, Israel's given many weeks, up to a month now, just about, for people to get out of Dodge. And there has been, of course, some of the Hamas trying to block people from getting out. No doubt that's, gonna, that's a difficult job. Israel's got, but who drew first blood? And uh, I will tell you who did it. Uh, these militant Islamic groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, they will never rest until either they're destroyed or they destroy Israel. Uh, they have not repented. They have no desire to give up one inch. They're liars. And if they tell you, we just want a, a, a place for the Gaza people, they're just buying time to then come back and attack you again and take more land until they beat you down and destroy you. So, you know, you can't deal with terrorists. Uh, they will continue to terrorize you unless you destroy them. So I pray that Netanyahu and the Israeli government, irregardless of the pressure that Blinken's putting on them right now, he's over there. And, you know, today he says Israel's got a right to fight and protect their land. But I also saw another report. He said, your time's running out. And we may go the other way. Uh, he was quoted as saying. So, you know, I think uh, this whole Biden administration's two-faced. And um, how long we will officially support Israel remains to be seen. But I think Israel's got to uh, go all in on this, take out Hamas, my, my desire would be they take all Gaza and they don't stop there. They go after Lebanon, get that back too. But, you know, speaking of that, if you look up there at that northern border, I think that's where you've got all these Hezbollah missiles pointed at Israel, over 100,000 of them. And, you know, Dr. Hansen, uh, somewhere over there in Zechariah, maybe Zechariah 14, there's a coming nuclear, nuclear uh, war over there up north, isn't there? Uh, is my uh, check me on my Bible prophecy? But uh, do you think uh, that area is going to get nuked one day up there in northern Israel? Yeah, well, Hezbollah is certainly involved even in this, even though they're lying. Yes, because according to the according to the uh, Quran, it's it's okay to lie to the infidel. Uh, Muhammad did it. Saladin did it. And Arafat did it. Uh, they can lie to the infidel. I've been on the Golan Heights. I've been all the way through the northern border. 
And uh, there's already been uh, retaliatory strikes back uh, into Lebanon, targets from Hezbollah that uh, Israel has shot. Uh, so I'm, I'm telling you that, you know, they, they were well aware of it. It was a to- This is a total lie, what they're saying right now, because they realize that uh, they could be in serious trouble uh, as far as uh, an attack on them. And and so um, I'm talking about a, a heavy attack by the yes. United States and others, uh, especially Israel. And so they're lying right now to, to take off, uh, again, the pressure and to deceive the world. But uh, I've been in those areas and um, the Golan Heights, like I said, I've been all through the border there. But... Uh, uh, certainly, they're trying to continue to use propaganda to deceive the world. Now, George Bush is the one that uh, his government was the one that put pressure on the Israeli government to give back the Gaza. Israel should have never given back the Gaza. That's right. Should have never done it. And so, I mean, uh, you know, in the charter, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's in the Hamas charter. The Israeli government has offered five times a two-state solution. Hamas has refused. I'm sending out also, you're going to see it coming out Monday, an article I wrote on Muhammad, the Koran, Hamas, and Israel. Because we must understand, again, Islam to understand what we're dealing with. All through the United States, you've seen, again, a protest uh, in favor of Hamas. Well, here you got all of these people migrating to the United States. They're supposed to take an oath to defend our Constitution and uh, to defend our Bill of Rights and our values. Yet, they're marching in favor of Hamas, which, again, their charter to wipe out Israel and then the United States. I'm, you know, I believe you should arrest and deport these people. Uh, they yes. violated, again, their oath to defend the Constitution and the values of the United States. If you understand Islam, that's the reason I wrote this article. Uh, you have no Muslim that is loyal to their Constitution of the state, the nation they migrate to. They're loyal to the Constitution, the ideology of Islam. And Islam calls itself the House of Peace, but they're only the House of Peace when that nation is under Islam. If they're not under Islam, they're the House of War. And so people have got to understand what's going on. But I believe, again, like I said, the universities, etc., uh, the professors, some Muslim professors, uh, they are glorifying this attack. They're supporting this attack, just like a, a few of the, the, the people in, in Congress. But you should arrest and deport these people that have violated their oaths to uh, defend America, et cetera, et cetera, including uh, this gal in Congress that married her brother and lied to get in. Absolutely. I know the one you're talking about. That's That happened. Uh, yet nobody's talking yeah, oh- about that in the news, are they? By and large. Um, I want to thank one of the listeners out there who's uh, tuning in tonight, Lisa. She just wrote, Yesterday, the White House created a bill against, quote, Islamophobia to protect Muslims, yet no bill to protect Jews who are the ones being attacked. Exactly. You know, it's appalling that only 14 nations, and one of those was Israel, um, stood up against this UN resolution to denounce Israel. Only 14. 
of us are willing to stand for Israel. Thank God this time America stood with them. Uh, I don't think that had been the case if Obama was still in power, uh, full swing like he was before. Although he may still be running the uh, the show behind the scenes. Many people think so. But still, 14. Look at all the nations that are against Israel. Again, I challenge people to look up today on a map the nation of Israel and look at what surrounds it. And countries have got massive swaths of land. And, you know, look, if they're so concerned, these Arab countries, about the people over there in Gaza, then move them to your country. There's plenty of room for you. Take them to Syria. Take them to Jordan. Take them to Iraq, Iran, Libya. Uh, let them go over there to Yemen. Send them to Indonesia. We've got 17,000 islands over here. And you know what? If that's not good enough, just send them all to D.C. We've got 8 million illegals already, so what's another million? Now, I'm kidding, but I'm just saying. You know, this is ridiculous. People need to let Israel have what God gave them. Now, that's a pipe dream right now. It's not going to happen right now. But it will one day. And I remind people that it's in the Word. God says there's a day coming where the people of God are no longer going to be disenfranchised from their land, but are going to be able to live at peace in the land that he's given them. Now, that won't come till Jesus Christ comes back and rules and reign, I'm sure. But uh, it is going to come. And I will say this. The judgment of God's going to come, too, on every nation who stands against Israel and their right to the land that God gave them. And if you're against the Jewish people, uh, you will not be in Jerusalem. And I'm speaking primarily to the church at large now. There's many that are against Jerusalem. It's just shocking. And they call themselves believers. You will not be with Christ in the new millennial reign when he comes back. If you don't love Israel, uh, you won't be there. Mark my words. If you bless my people, I'll bless you. Genesis 12.3, if you curse my people, I'll curse you. How can we not love what Jesus loves? Love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And many are not saved yet. That's why we're to uh, let the light of Jesus Christ and our love for Israel and the Jewish people shine. Uh, At any rate, I think I've talked enough, but uh, this remains to be seen. uh, How long Hezbollah is going to maintain this official, quote, position that they're not involved? Yeah, right. Uh, I think they're just biding time. And uh, Israel's going to have to do something decisively, uh, not only after Gaza, but going forward because um, it's just a matter of time before these nations begin to pull the trigger. Could you imagine being overwhelmed with tens of thousands of missiles at one time? There's no Iron Dome system that can stop that. It would be God Almighty himself, or you're going to have to take them out before that happens. So, uh, I hope... I, oh, I want to say one more thing. What do you think, Brother Hanson, about the new um, person appointed there? Uh, uh, what do they call them? The the House. New Speaker of the House. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. New Speaker of the House. Came out of nowhere. Kept, come from Louisiana. Everybody thought uh, Jordan was going to make it. And then we have this new guy appointed, Mike Johnson. That's his name. New Speaker of the House. Hey, I looked into him. I said, who is this guy? Found out he's a Christian. He's pro-Trump, and he taught classes at Liberty University. Hey, this may be the breath of fresh air we need over there. What do you think? Yeah, I like him very much. I've watched him uh, several times already, and he's very sharp. 
I, I think uh, as far as I know and who I know in Congress, I think he's our best choice for now. Hey, I didn't see that one coming. Maybe we'll get some other pleasant surprises like that too. Uh, before we close tonight, could you lift up uh, Israel? And you know, brother, um, do you think it's okay for the body of Christ to pray that God just begin to uncover evil and expose those in government uh, that are working for Satan, let their sins find them out? Uh, do those kind of prayers work? Yeah, I believe it. Uh, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, again. Uh, we continue to pray as you exhorted us to for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray to God for this battle. It's it's basically a battle of right and wrong, good and evil, uh, Satan and, and God. Uh, so we're, we're into this giant spiritual battle, dear God. So defeat your enemies, Lord. Let there be miracles again. Let Israel come out of this as a sign and a wonder, Lord. Again, expose those. Uh, again, lift the skirts out of the people in Congress uh, in America that are, are treasonous, dear God, and that are causing us trouble, Lord. Uh, let them be exposed, dear God. I pray that there's going to be a tremendous uh, uh, awakening and an awakening of truth, dear God, again, against all of the corruption that they're trying to do to steal this next election in 2024, dear God. Uh, let their plans fall into their own pit. Let them be put to shame, dear God. Let, uh, again, Trump be the president again. Let many people, dear God, uh, be exposed and arrested for treason, Lord. We just pray, dear God, there's going to be a mighty, mighty, mighty awakening. Help us, dear God, as we try to get eagle-saving nations by the millions people to join. We've got to have a, a reawakening, dear God. Even if you put the right people into office without coming against sins of abomination, this nation is coming under judgment and millions are going to die anyway. So putting the right people in will only delay. Delay, but will not stop judgment by any means. It'll just stop the toppling of the republic. Help us, dear God, to have another great awakening. Let millions join eagle-saving nations. Help us in this area, dear God. Again, defend Israel. Let us see your mighty hand once again. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Dr. Hanson, in closing, uh, if there's ever been a friend of Israel, it's World Ministries International and, of course, Omega Man. Uh, I have a long-standing love for Israel. And for as many trips as you've made to Israel and all the people you know at the Knesset, maybe one day uh, they'll give you a special visa to set up an office over there for WMI. And then uh, maybe I can realize my dream. Maybe you can bring me in and I'll move to Israel with my family. And um, hey, listen, I would still go over there now if the door opened. War, no war. Just give me an Uzi, though, so I can help out, take out some Hamas, because I'm ready. I volunteered one time many years ago. I don't know if I told you this. 20 years ago, I contacted the idea of closing story. I said, hey, Israel has a right to all the land God gave them. I want to come over there and help you. Defend it against radical Islam. They actually wrote me back. And they said, thank you very much for your offer. But the Israeli constitution only allows Israeli citizens to join the military, the IDF. But you could come over and work in a factory at a kibbutz or, you know, drive a forklift or something like that. Pack boxes. But at any rate, that wasn't enough to get me over there. But, hey, I mean it. If they would uh, ever open up the door, you know, there's many of us in the West that love Israel and would go over there and help defend it. Um, Y'all have a great weekend over there. Thank you for letting us be a part of today's great program. We'll see you next time. 
Okay, God bless you, Shannon. Have a good week. Thank you. And I mean that, folks. If God opened the door, and he still could. He never told me one way or the other um, about being over in Israel permanently. Although I do have, actually, my, the first prophetic word I ever got. 2005 is when I got it. I still have a copy. The Lord said he was going to do some things, and then I'm to help the widows, the orphans, those in disaster, the nation of Israel. And there was an adjunct to this word, one foot in America, one foot over there in Israel. So who knows? I I would be happy with a part-time hub over there. You know, you know, six months in, six months out. Just saying. And we'll do an Omega Man from uh, Israel, from Jerusalem. Boy, that would be like the, the coolest assignment. That's my druthers, if you will. In the U.S. Army, they had, I think they still do, it was called a DA-483 preference statement. It was a form you fill out as a service member. And when it comes time for rotation to a new assignment, they would let you, it's called a preference sheet, basically. Put down some preferences. Where would you like to go? Oconus, meaning outside the continental U.S. or Conus inside the, you know, the 50 U.S. states. And you would put your preferences there. Now, that mean you're going to get them, but sometimes when a career manager was uh, looking at your file, they may open it up, see that preference statement, and give you your druthers, you know, give you your, your choice. If God has something like a preference statement, I'm putting, I put on there right now, check mark, Israel, number one. That's where I'd like to go. Where would you like to go? If you could go anywhere um, and work for the Lord, where would you like to go? Where would you just like to move to? In the United States, you can live anywhere in the 50 states. Uh, talking about America, what state would you go to? I used to think about that and had my druthers. I really enjoyed Vegas. Of all the places I've been, I've been in a lot of uh, states from east to west coast, even to Alaska. Alaska, I, I wouldn't mind being there three months out of the year now. Beautiful place in the summer. Never gets quite dark. Over near Anchorage, beautiful weather. It's great. Loved Las Vegas. Summerlin area is where I lived for almost uh, three years. I would still be there had God um, not put me on the route that I am now. And I, I'm glad that I came this way, but just saying, um, I loved I loved the Summerlin area. I really felt at home for the first time. Of course, I'm a Georgia boy, born and raised, and many years in Georgia. Spent 10 years up in Northern Virginia. Lived in California. Lived in Texas. Florida. Indiana. I guess I can be anywhere anybody I want to be. Texan this week, next week. Alaskan, Floridian, whatever. <laughs> vegan. Not a vegan, though. Just saying. Right now, I'm on the protein diet, the remake. It's actually going pretty good. A little bit boring, but um, I've decided to enhance it a little bit with watermelon, some papaya. Not bad. Okay, getting off on some rants here. Where would you like to live, though? Are you living where you want to live? And if not, well, might be time to put in that preference statement. Lord, can you open a door for me to go so-and-so? We're running out of good options, to tell you the truth. These days, where do you go? Some people want to be safe. Others would like to have a better cost of living. You know, like maybe different weather. Nothing wrong with any of that. 
others looking to get away from high taxes or states that just want to force you to put that mask and jab when that was happening probably will come back again I hope not Um, where do you go I don't know I hope we have some peace though I'm not ready for World War III just saying you know I'd like to take some trips and do some things but uh, we'll see how it all works out right amen yeah but don't send me up north again no no thank you I'm not interested in Minnesota Somebody said Minnesota, Wisconsin, Massachusetts. Forget that. If you want cold weather, you go for it. I've had my share. I lived in South Bend, Indiana during the blizzard of 78. Snow so high that it got rooftop high. That's great if you're a kid. That means you don't go to school. That was great. But, no, I'm not interested in living in snow again. I've had my share. Snow, ice. Lived in northern Virginia. Always had bad winters there. Yeah, I'm done with that. Um, I don't even know what winter time is. I'm eating cold watermelon over here. Just trying to stay cool. But um, wherever the Lord wants you, you can't go wrong with that. Amen? But I'm just saying, what if he gave you a preference? He said, hey, you know, I'll use you in any number of locations. Where do you want to go this time? That would be kind of a cool place. I'm ready for a move, to tell you the truth. I've been here now seven and a half years. Longest place I've been in one place in a very long time. Um, since Virginia days, but I spent about 10 years up there. But, um, yeah, we're just waiting on the Lord, see what he wants to do, um, see what happens. And uh, if things keep going the direction they are, it may hasten the move. Um, I'm getting a little bit antsy now when people ask me where I'm from. I True story. I had to make a run to the mall today and I went up there for the show and I'm on the back of this scooter and now just about every time I'm on the the back of the scooter the driver says where are you from and I I just tell them America and then some are like huh like they're not too happy others you know kind of indifferent I'm getting a little bit nervous now I'm not going to lie to you person asked me where are you from I said "I'm I'm from Africa (laughs) <laughs> then I had to repent. Hey, I'm from South Africa. I can't be. I can't be lying. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Just have to, you know, just had to continue telling the truth. You know, I'm from America. Like it or love it. Lo- wait a minute. Love it or hate it. But uh, yeah. Thank God I'm not in Jakarta right now. Bali, there's a lot of foreigners over here. Uh, get to the other parts of Indonesia. It gets very militant. And uh, you could be get some serious trouble real soon if things keep going the way they're going. And uh, this anti-American sentiment rap keeps ramping up. I got a notice today from the embassy, second one now in a couple weeks, uh, warning us to uh, stay away from certain demonstrations that are going to be held in a few days in Jakarta. Well, that's another island away. But Bali is the safest you can be in Indonesia, the largest Muslim nation in the world, um, had a couple weirdos try to contact me on um, Facebook, militant weirdos, looked at my phone today and got a message from some unknown caller um, in Arabic, so, you know, I have to take, I've got to be very careful. 
I'm 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 taking uh, operational security measures over here, and uh, just trying to stay low key. But you know what am I going to do? I'm a white boy. I stick out like a sore thumb. And a nation of tan skin, and people. That's why they ask me, "Where are you from?" And it could be dangerous in days ahead. Sam, an American. But what am I going to do? Just got to trust the Lord, you know. And I do. I, at the end of the day, I said, I can't let fear grip me. Because I'm unarmed over here. All I got is a butter knife or a fork. That's not going to do the job. I could buy me a blowgun. You can get those. I got to get good at that, though. I was thinking, how will that work out? Somebody trying to break into the house, I'd have to shoot them in the neck with a blowgun from the second balcony. I got to get be a good crack shot to do that. <laughs> Couldn't get a machete. T- I guess I could get one of those or a baseball bat but at the end of the day there's nothing like the angel of the lord I mean you know short of a 12 gauge shotgun now you better have the angel of the lord in days like now so there we are get a slingshot someone said well praise the lord if we fear and obey the lord even the angels of the lord won't cap about us to deliver us so um, you're not going to see a lot of photographs of me and my family up on my Facebook wall I'm just saying not during this time don't need people to begin to track me I'm not going to tell you my personal address but um, we are going into some very precarious times and believe me um, it's going to get dangerous up ahead stand up for the truth and um understand that that's why we got to go all in for the Lord Jesus so we have his protection and there's a lot of hatred out there here to tell you worldwide fomenting for America and Israel I was in a um, a taxi a few years ago having to make a visa run over in Kuala Lumpur which is Muslim nation in a Muslim taxi cab and uh having a conversation with a guy. And he looked back at me and said, he said, are you, are you Jewish? And I said, no, I'm not Jewish, I'm American. Okay. Well, what would have happened if I was Jewish? What would he have done? Just saying. There's some radical people. This country over here, they used to burn churches down a few years ago. Some of the radical groups. Ride in on a motor scooter, uh, carrying a, um, a backpack bomb blow churches up now the government's done a great job to try to squash that and eradicate some of the militant groups but they're here no way to get them all we're living in crazy times you don't have to be in Indonesia to be on high alert they're in the borders of America now folks there's 8 million I thought it was 7 million last week turns out it was 8 million illegals that have come in do the math again 1% of 8 million how many you got? You got 80,000 people. If just 1% of the illegals that have come in our borders of America are militant, are part of terrorist cells, are foreign armies, advanced troops sent ahead, 80,000? That's as big as some many nations' standing armies. 80,000 people? Ready to go? embedded in the country doesn't take much to take a city take a bridge 
out, hit a water supply, hit the electrical grid, pull another Hamas style attack. We're in trouble, folks. If ever we need Jesus and to stay covered under his blood, it's now. And ask God every day, don't forget to surround your family with a hedge protection wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 in the name of Jesus. Cover yourself in the blood of Jesus. Don't take anything for granted. Okay. That's my micro story. Uh, the Benton courts were going to be on today, but they're not ready yet. And uh, keep them in prayer. Uh, their family has got hit with um, a virus as well, like mine had. Most of mine have recovered. I'm still about 10 days in. Not 100% yet, but throat still a little bit sore, but not as bad as it was. Praise God. Some heads, mucus and stuff like that. Trying to clear out. Excuse me. But doing better. And uh, they will be back next week is what we're shooting for. Okay, on to other news. We will have a program tonight. Victor Mrablag is back. He was off for two weeks. He is back. And we're going to have a demon hotline tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. Eastern. Someone says, what are you going to do the next time they ask you uh, where you're from? Which could be tomorrow, because I usually ride somewhere on a scooter every day. Scooter taxi. There's so much traffic here now. If you take a regular taxi, it could be two hours. Just to go 15 minutes. Really, the only way to travel now is on the back of a scooter, because these guys zoom in and out. They'll save you Again, long time in in you know in traffic, and get where you need to go on time. So uh, what will I say? Let's see. Today I was South African. Um, I could say um, I'm French. No, I'm gonna say I'm Mexican next time, and they're gonna look at me and I'm gonna say, uh, "See, si. mi nombre es Omega Man. Como estás?" Start talking to them in some Spanish. Maybe that Spanish will come in handy. Could I pass off as a Mexican? If they've never seen a Mexican, they don't know. Okay. Um, There we are. Well, praise the Lord. Folks, I'm going to take a break. And you know what? I do owe the Lord some uh, time on the Word, so I'm going to do that next, right next. Uh, So let me take a break. If you want to hang around, we'll do Speak My Word, Get Out of Here. And we're back tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, with uh, Victor Mravlag. He'll be bringing the Word, and then at 9... Uh, We'll open up the phone lines for deliverance or prayer calls. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. I want to thank those that have supported this program. God richly bless you.